Blog Talk Radio. to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. You have reached the man cave here in Redan, Georgia. I'm your host, Motormouth Mosley, a.k.a. Kyle Mosley. Just want to talk a little bit of sports on this beautiful Tuesday night. A whole lot of stuff going on. Got to see if I can recover from a rough week of NFL picks. Yeah, my Cowboys won, but I was 6-7 and seven in my NFL picks. Dropped me down to a 91 and 42 overall record. Most people would say that's still pretty dang good, and I'm pretty happy with it. So yes, I do got my picks for this coming week's games, which there are some very good games. A couple of games that are in the balance that I'm not sure how to go for, but I'll give it a shot. But more importantly, this week I think this is a week that's going to be dominated by college football. There are three absolutely fantastic football games that are scheduled to be played. Uh, starting Thursday night with Baylor taking on the Sooners of Oklahoma. And then uh, later on that same evening on Thursday night, you've got Stanford going uh, hosting Oregon, and that should be another great game. And then on uh, Saturday, you've got Alabama LSU, which normally this time of the year would be the premier game of the weekend, the game that's getting hyped, the game that everybody would be looking forward to watching. But LSU has already taken a couple on the chin, uh, so they're not ranked as highly as they uh, had been in the past, uh, although they are one of the few teams that will give Alabama uh, a difficult time. They have beat Alabama at, in Tuscaloosa in the past. So this could still be a great game, but uh, the Oklahoma-Baylor game with Baylor's high-powered, high-octane offense uh, against the traditional, more traditional offense of uh, the Oklahoma Sooners and Coach Mike Stoops, that game is the one that I'm looking forward to watching. Folks back on the West Coast have probably uh, got their eyes wide open for that 9 o'clock Eastern start for the Stanford-Oregon game, which, again, will match a high-powered spread-type pistol wildcat offense uh, versus a more traditional offense in Stanford. Uh, it should be a great weekend of football. You've got the NBA kicking off. You've got you know, five or six games. Most of the teams have played four or five games. Most teams have played in the NBA. And, you know, there's a couple of kind of surprises, a couple of things that we're going to discuss a little bit later that, you know, uh, you know, got me a little bit uneasy about the NBA season. Uh, most of the college basketball teams are – doing the exhibition thing right now. They're playing clubs and uh, national teams from other countries just to get some work in against different bodies before they kick off with a few weeks. You've also um, just, as we said, we, we Major League Baseball just ended. Another great baseball season. Uh, congrats, hats go off to Boston Red Sox and uh, Big Poppy for winning another World Series. They go through an 86-year drought, and then they win like three within the last 10 years. So 
I guess that you can't feel sorry for him anymore. I guess uh, we'll still be clinging to the hope that one day the hopeless Cubs will win one, but uh, we'll put baseball to bed for a while. Again, you've reached the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. For all you people who are, have logged in in our chat, I'll respond to you uh, via the chat if that's okay, and uh, some of your topics I will address uh, as I'm talking. Uh, you're more than welcome to give us a call and join in in the conversation. The phone number is 347-945-7975. You can reach me direct. I may have to put you on hold for a couple of seconds while I finish a point. But uh, we'll look forward to having conversations. If you uh, <laughs> somebody said, no, they'd rather just chat. In either case, just glad you took the time to log on, tune in, call in, and listen uh, to what I have to say. Uh, for you people who are listening to this at a later time, uh, our show airs on Tuesday, Thursdays, and Sundays at 11 o'clock Eastern time. You'd have to adjust that uh, accordingly. Uh, that should put you at about 6 o'clock Hawaii time and at about 8 o'clock uh, West Coast time but uh, and 10 o'clock Texas time. Uh, look forward to some great conversations coming up. We've pretty much reached the midpoint season. Most teams are starting off the second half of their seasons. Uh, like I said, it was a rough week of NFL picks, but here are my picks for this coming week, week number 10. You've got Washington going into Minnesota. Now, Minnesota, I don't know if Minnesota looked that good or Dallas just made them look that good. But uh, in either case, I was somewhat impressed with Christian Ponder, quarterback, and Josh Freeman, may be relegated to now a role as a backup. Uh, Ponder looked to, to solidify that position. And, of course, anytime you've got Adrian Peterson in, in your backfield, uh, at any point in time, you may have a 60-, 70-yard touchdown run, which he proved the other night against Dallas with a 50-yard burst. Uh, Washington uh, seems to be improving, seems to be getting things back together. Um, escaped uh, with the win over San Diego this past weekend. Um, that was at home. This one's going to be on the road in Minnesota. I think Minnesota's going to play a little bit better ball. So I'm picking Minnesota over Washington. Gary Scalman, my old boss at Foot Locker all Moana Center in Honolulu, Hawaii, will be part of that big-time Minnesota Vikings fan. Uh, we've got Seattle coming into town here in Atlanta, playing against the Falcons, or as I call them, the Dead Birds. Uh, Seattle one of the more dominant physical teams in the NFL. I will be absolutely amazed if this game uh, is within 10 points. I'm picking Seattle over Atlanta, uh, Atlanta being at home. Uh, Detroit, Chicago. Chicago was one of those teams that I voted against last week. Went into Green Bay, took care of business, and that was without Jake Cutler at quarterback. So maybe they've uh, found a, a formula that uh, I know they used a lot of uh, running back Ike Forte. Um, so I'm going to go with Chicago over Detroit. I can't imagine. I'm still upset with Detroit for that gimme win they got against Dallas a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Philadelphia blew up the scoreboard. Uh, Nick Foles had seven touchdown passes last week with Philadelphia's win over Oakland. But I am going to say Green Bay will – uh, bounced back from an embarrassing loss to Chicago this past week, and I am picking Green Bay at home over Philadelphia. Jacksonville Jaguars, Tennessee Titans, we all know how I feel about Jacksonville. Probably won't beat anybody unless they play Tampa Bay, and there's a shot then maybe, 
But um, I definitely see Jacksonville going 0-16. So I expect Chris Johnson and Jake Locker to take care of business at ten, and over Nashville. Uh, St. Louis goes into Indy. Indy had a big lead over uh, over Houston. Uh, actually, they were down big over uh, to versus Houston the other night. They didn't do a good job of game planning for Case Keenum, who came off the bench while well, he started the game, but he's been benched most of the season. He's had his first start of the year and just lit it up, played very well. Unfortunately, Coach Gary Kubiak for the Houston Titans collapsed at halftime. Uh, it seems to be that it may be more exhaustion than it was anything uh, overly serious, so hopefully he'll be back in a few weeks. But I'm still going to go ahead and I'm going to pick Indy uh, to beat St. Louis. Uh, the Oakland goes into New York, plays the Giants. I'm taking the Giants in that one. Buffalo, I'm expecting Buffalo to go into Pittsburgh and take care of business. Steelers are just in disarray. They're not playing well. Uh, Coach Somlin does not have them playing at the caliber that they're accustomed to. Their defense is extremely porous. Uh, run game is non-existent, and their passing game is questionable. So that is not a good recipe. So, yes, Buffalo over Pittsburgh. I've got Cincinnati going into Baltimore playing the Ravens. That is a hard call. I don't know which – Cincinnati team's going to show up. I don't know which Baltimore team's going to show up. But since they're at home, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Ravens to beat Cincinnati at home. Carolina goes into San Francisco. San Francisco by probably 15. Houston goes into Arizona. If the Houston team that showed up in the first half of Monday night of Sunday night's game, um, if that team that played in the first half shows up out in Glendale, then definitely I'm going to go ahead and pick Houston to win that game. Uh, Carson Palmer is what he is. Larry Fitzgerald is a dominant beast wide receiver, but again, uh, you just can't get the ball to him enough, and they don't have a run game that is consistent enough to alleviate uh, the pressure that's put on uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Denver, Bowles in the San Diego. Now, that's a divisional game, and I think it's going to be closer than what people expect, um, but I'm going to go ahead and take Denver. Dallas versus New Orleans. I'm going to save that for last, even though that is the late Sunday night game. I'm going to save that game for last. I've got Miami and Tampa playing on Monday night. And that game, I'm going to go ahead and pick Tampa Bay to get off the schneid. Uh, Coach uh, Greg Schiano to finally get a win. Um, I'm definitely picking the underdog because I, I definitely believe that Miami is the better team. But I'm just going to go for an upset just so my friends down in uh, Cape Coral, Fort Myers, uh, the White family, and Clint and James and Peggy and Stacy and uh, Linda and that family, they can all have, say that I picked them at least one game. So I'm picking Tampa Bay over Miami. Uh, teams with buys this week are Cleveland, Kansas City, New England, and the Jets. Uh, those teams will be off this week. Uh, actually, um uh, can't even make any jokes because all those teams are actually playing some pretty decent football. So I won't even crack on any of them. Again, uh, for folks who are just not tuning in, who just logged in, I see some different faces, uh, some different uh, IDs on the screen. So for you folks that just joined in, you are listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show here in Rita and Georgia. All I'm doing is yakking about sports, doing what I do, doing what I love. Um, just gave my NFL picks. Got one last pick that I will uh, go over. And then – I will um, 
review my picks. I've got some college football I want to talk about, and then I've got a little commentary at the end of the show that I would like to address. Um, the one last game is the premier game on Sunday night on NBC would be the Dallas Cowboys going into New Orleans, playing against New Orleans Saints. Uh, I've got nothing but respect for Coach uh, Sean Payton, Drew Brees out of Austin Westlake High School in Austin, Texas. I've got nothing but respect for the Saints. I expect it to be a very hard-fought game. I will actually be surprised if my Cowboys win that game because um, New Orleans is definitely a better coached team. Uh, They are a better prepared team. But I am going to go ahead and still pick my Cowboys because that's what us fanatics do. We pick sometimes with our minds instead of with our hearts instead of our minds. So I am definitely picking the New Orleans Saints to go down to my Dallas Cowboys on the late game Sunday night. I'll be up till probably 11.30 watching it, but I can't help but hope that they win. Um, probably we'll have a show after that game. I might be disappointed. I don't know. I might be elated. We'll see what's going to happen. So to review, my picks for Week 10 are Minnesota, Seattle, Chicago, Green Bay, Tennessee, Indianapolis, the New York Giants, Buffalo, Baltimore, San Francisco, Houston, Denver, Dallas, and Tampa Bay in an upset. That's my pick. I'm sticking with them. Don't like them. I ain't gambling anyway. I just like doing it. Um, As I stated earlier in the show, uh, although there are NFL games this week, the highlight of this next few days will be college football. There are just between Thursday and Saturday, there are three fantastic football games. Uh, great matchups. Uh, I will, before I get into the actual matchups, I'm going to go ahead and start off with the Motormouth Mosley top NCAA football teams. Uh, starting at number one, of course, like anybody, or as uh, Minister, as Pastor uh, Phil Nash would say, uh, Ray Charles can see it and Stevie doesn't have to wonder. The number one team in the land is Roll Tide. The Alabama Crimson Tide, number one. Florida State, led by Jameis, famous Jameis Winston at number two. Marcus Mariota leads the Oregon Quack Quacks at number three. Lake Seastrunk, Heisman Hopeful, the pride of Temple High School, Evelyn's baby uh, at number four with Baylor. I'm giving them some respect, people. I'm giving Ohio State some respect. They're in at number five. They haven't played anybody. They won't play anybody. Um, they have the longest win streak in the country. Don't see that coming to an end anytime soon. They are number five. At number six, I've got Clemson. At number seven, I've got the Stanford Cardinal. At number eight, the Bengal Tigers. Although they've got two losses, both losses, three-point road losses in the SEC, the hardest, the most competitive conference in college football, I'm still giving LSU some love at number eight. Uh, also SEC. Texas A&M at number nine, Big Ten, Big Twelve competitor Oklahoma Sooners at number ten, and back to the SEC at number eleven, the Auburn used to be War Eagles and Tigers, and I think the Tigers have pretty much taken over the moniker of the nicknames. So that's my top eleven: that's Alabama, Florida State, Oregon, Baylor, Ohio State, Clemson, Stanford, LSU, Texas A&M, Oklahoma and Auburn. Just on the outside at number 12, if we wanted to put a dozen, make it an even dozen, would be the Missouri Tigers. Another great team. 
as I said, Thursday night at 7.30 Eastern time, you've got my number 10-ranked Oklahoma Sooners versus the number four, my number four-ranked Baylor Bears, a big-time Big 12 matchup, uh, has a lot of implications nationally. If Baylor can actually continue uh, on their streak um, with their high-powered offense, they could definitely make a run in the national championship if they can get through uh, this gauntlet of games uh, that they're going to uh, have to deal with in the next few weeks. Baylor is sitting right now at 7-0, 4-0 in conference. Uh, Coach Art Bryles, uh, who came over from uh, Texas Tech and at Houston, coached in high school um, in Texas, He's now sitting at Baylor with a 40-3 and record. Um, so, I mean, very competitive. And for Baylor, which is a school that is a very, uh, a very demanding academic program, uh, uh, a faith-based uh, university, um, they try to do things the right way on and off the field. Um, it'll be uh, a, a true test this week, uh, to see how well they do, just because, you know, some people say, well, you know, Baylor's rolling up a bunch of points, but they haven't played anybody. Uh, to some degree, you know, I really can't argue with that. You know, they've dominated the teams who they have played, so that says a lot. Um, you know, they played Walford, Buffalo, University of Louisiana Monroe, West Virginia, Kansas State, Iowa State. So, yeah, they definitely haven't played that. You could say maybe a cupcake schedule. Um, but they dominated everybody. The closest game, the only game that was reasonable was the Kansas State game over in Manhattan, Kansas. Other than that, they're rolling people by 60, 57 points. Uh, their offense is averaging 63.9 points a game. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're chewing out 718 total yards per game, beating people by an average of 48 points. I mean, you can't ignore that. Uh, and, and what's overlooked, yeah, the offense is scoring 64 points a game, but the defense is also holding people to 15 points a game, still 16, 15.9. So, I mean, it, it, it's, not, it's a team. Of course, offense gets all the glamour, but the defense is not playing bad either. So, you know, they have uh, the next five games will be a true test for the Baylor Bears to see if they really can make a legitimate run at the national championship. They've, and it may be the hardest schedule of anybody left in the season, to be honest. They've got, as I said, they've got an Oklahoma team on Thursday. They've got Texas Tech uh, on the 16th of November. Then they follow that with an Oklahoma State team that is currently ranked number 14. Uh, and then you know, they go to T- TCU, which is now a, uh, not an easy win for anybody, and they finish off in a game that is going to be uh, a huge game if they're undefeated at that time. Because if they're undefeated on December 6th and they play the University of Texas on December 7th, this may be in Texas, you know, if, 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 Oklahoma, if, if Texas can pull off the upset and beat Baylor, and that's kind of hard to hear somebody actually say, Texas upset Baylor which, you know, at that point of the season, Baylor would be favored more than likely. And, you know, that's just a, a changing of the guard of the way things have always been. 
but it's possible. So it's upset Baylor, knock them out of a national championship game. Uh, Austin will be just party central. Uh, not that I know anything about partying in Austin, but um, it could be a very interesting game at that time of the year. Oklahoma, perennial power, one of the great programs in college football. Um, Coach Mike Stoops puts out a great program, a great team every year. They're always in contention, uh, not only for a conference uh, title, but also for a national championship. So Oklahoma will not lay down. Now the question is, Will Stoops, who is a former uh, Iowa Iowa Hawkeye, if will he be able to slow down the juggernaut that is the Baylor offense? Will he be able to get them off the field and keep them off the field, or will they do what they've done to everybody else and that's score with about with with the ball within about one and a half minutes of possession? They are dynamic, explosive. which I think is going to bode for just a great game on Thursday. Now, halfway through that game will be another game, and that will be Oregon versus Stanford, another matchup between a high-octane offense and a traditional, uh, more traditional football offense in Stanford. Um, Marcus Mariota, Heisman candidate, probably Heisman forerunner, uh, I just don't think they're going to give any respect to another freshman, even though famous Jameis uh, probably should be the f- front runner. But, you know, it's between him and Marcus at this point in time in a lot of people's minds. We all know how I personally feel about the Heisman race. I still say A.J. McCarron. If Baylor, if uh, Alabama runs the table, A.J. McCarron will win the Heisman. But let's say for giggles that, Oregon runs the table, and Oregon plays against Bama in the national championship. I think that would be a fantastic football game. I think that would be a game that people would love to watch. Um, If Baylor runs the table, I think that would be another uh, great game. It will be very interesting to see if if Coach Saban at Alabama can prepare his team uh, to to face that type of offense, uh, that type of talent, that type of speed, um, so, yeah, I'm kind of hoping that things kind of work out that one of those two teams actually plays Alabama for the national championship. But for now, none of that would matter because if either Oregon or Baylor loses this week, their chance of playing in the BTS championship game pretty much become null and void. Um, as I said, I believe Baylor has the toughest road ahead to actually make it there, but you never know. So, again, we got a 7.30 kickoff Eastern time, number 10 in my rankings. Oklahoma against number four, Baylor, and then you've got number three, Oregon, against number seven, Stanford, that will start at about 9 o'clock Eastern time. Again, if you're not listening, if you just tuned in, I see some people have just logged on. Uh, Are you going to join in the conversation? No, okay, you're not going to join in the conversation. You're just going to chat. I'm trying to type and talk at the same time, so sometimes I get a little distracted. But uh, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley radio show. I am the man, Motormouth Mosley, doing what I do, run my mouth, talk sports. If you want to call in, the phone number is 347-945-7975. We've got a couple of more minutes left, and I want to give a couple of shout-outs. Before I get to my shout-outs, I do still want to talk 
touch on that LSU-Alabama game on Saturday. As I said, Thursday night's got two great football games. Uh, I believe that if it wasn't for how things have panned out with Baylor and Oregon, Stanford and Oklahoma, that actually LSU-Alabama, uh, if LSU hadn't lost two games already, I believe that that would be the premier game of the weekend. Uh, Alabama's going after their third consecutive national championship. LSU's at 7-2. and two. Possibly, if another loss will knock them out of a BCS bowl game, um, and more importantly, but if they more importantly, if they are able to beat Alabama, that will shake up the rankings uh, big time. Uh, they beat them two years ago in 2011, I believe it was. So it's not unheard of for LSU to go into Tuscaloosa and win. But uh, those two losses to Georgia and Ole Miss on the road uh, just I uh, put a damper on the Bengal Tiger season. I know uh, my, my Cajun folks down in Louisiana uh, are not real happy. Uh, they live and die with the purple and, and, and yellow, the purple and gold. But um, I think a lot of eyes will still be on my number eight LSU team playing against Alabama. If Alabama gets by that game, the only thing they've got less is a, a matchup in a few weeks against Auburn, an in-state rivalry game, which you know those games always have a different vibe to them. So it's very possible that that could be a tough one, but I just don't think that – Auburn has the uh, uh, the talent level to compete against Alabama, at least not yet. But you never know. You know, you play to win the game, so you never know what's going to happen. Um, in closing, I want to touch on a, a little topic that you know some people like to ignore. Some people say you shouldn't talk about it. But uh, my show, talk about what I want to talk about. Don't want to listen to it. Don't listen to it. Um, the NCAA uh, is basically made up of about 120, 124 programs. Uh, they range anywhere from, of course, you know, the Alabamas and the big-time people to the divisional schools like Eastern Michigan and Central Michigan and, you know, those type of schools. Of the 120-plus, in 2012, of the 120 NCAA Division One programs, only 15 of them had coaches that were African-American. That's 12.5%. Now, that's in a sport where predominantly over 60% of the players, that is predominantly over 60% of all the athletes are of African-American descent, but only 12.5% had coaches. Okay, I see a little problem there. Are you talking qualifications? Are you talk, I mean, what's the reason behind it? Why is the number so in this array? And actually, at 12.5% with 15, that's actually up. Uh, over you know, five years ago. Now it's back down because I believe right now there's only eight, and I believe there's 124 division schools. So, I mean, you're looking at, you know, what, 8%? Uh, and scary, pretty scary. Now, it actually, it's more like 5%. Um, the coaches of African-American, black coaches in the, NF, in the NCAA are, as of today, uh, Coach Kevin Sumlin, at Texas A&M, David Shaw at Stanford, Charlie Strong at Louisville, James Franklin at Missouri, Ron English at Eastern Michigan, Daryl Hazel at Purdue, Curtis Johnson at Tulane, Mike London at Virginia, Garrick McKee at University of Alabama, Birmingham, Ruffin McNeil at East Carolina, at Eastern Carolina, Willie Taggart at South Florida, and Don Treadwell at Miami of Ohio. 
you shouldn't it shouldn't be that much of a skewed number. It's just sad that in this day and age that more coaches uh, aren't given the opportunity to show what they can do. Now, the good thing about it, and college football, much like NFL, they are big on trends. And when they see success in an avenue, uh, it's a very much of a copycat situation. Uh, this spread offense, pistol, run and shoot, wildcat, whatever you want to call it, you know, it has taken over a lot of the college programs because some schools have found success with it. So when it comes to black coaches, and if you want to talk success, you've got Kevin Sumlin at Texas A&M. Texas A&M, top-ranked program, knocked off Alabama last year, the only loss that uh, Alabama had all season, um, had great success at the University of Houston before going to A&M. Coach Johnny Manziel, Heisman Award winner. So that's success upon success upon success. Having another great year this year. Programs look even better. So that's success. You've got David Shaw at Stanford. His third year taken over uh, after Harbaugh left. Um, perennial top five, top ten program. Uh, high academics. So they're doing things the right way. They're in a competitive conference, and he is – Extreme, extremely successful. Uh, Charlie Strong at Louisville up until a few, week, uh, a few weeks ago was undefeated. Had another Heisman candidate in Teddy Bridgewater. More success. James Franklin, top 15 program. Missouri Tigers go into the SEC. People say, oh, well, you know, don't know if they can handle the competition. Well, they're handling it rather well. Uh, so hopefully the success of these four men will open up doors for people like Dino Babers, Brian Norwood, Kim McLeod, Ivan Jasper, young black coaches who are assistants or coordinators or associate head coaches to hopefully sometime, Buzz Preston, excuse me, and Buzz Preston to hopefully sometime in the near future get an opportunity to show what they can do as a head coach of a Division One program. That's my little spiel. That's my little rant. I'll get off my, my pedestal for now. I want to thank you for listening in to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. It's been a blast. I've loved talking to you. I've loved chatting with the folks online back and forth. You keep things going. You keep, you keep me smiling with your comments. want to thank you for taking your time. If you're listening at an, a later date, you're not listening live, you're listening to an archived episode, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen in. Have a blessed week. I'll talk to you again on Thursday night. Look forward to some great football. God be with you. Be blessed and have a great week.